Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Esoterics Podcast. This is Fiora Elise. And I'm Joe. Today, we're going to continue the episode 76 topic about soul contracts and soulmates. And we're going to explore soul connections and the different types of soulmates there are out there. Oh, I love this. I love this topic. I, it's fun, right? I love talking about all of them. Yeah. Um, okay. So first, let's uh, acknowledge the... Uh, elephant in the room which is my voice this week listen i I, that is it is a sexy raspy um (laughs) voice and um (laughs) it's not an elephant at all it is uh here i'm here to greet you with my um scarlett johansson um what's her name emma emma stone emma stone yes yeah it's that correct you know what all of my favorite singers have raspy voices. Johnny Resnick. Um, let me see. So, Cure, The Cure, Goo Goo Dolls. I mean, um, oh. like Gavin um, from Bush. Um, yes. Oh my God! Like that that raspy. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing that Chris Cornell couldn't bring to the doesn't bring to the table is that raspiness. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's my favorite. Those are my favorites. Um, who else? Um, old school Duran Duran. They're one of their. I think was it uh-huh. Duran Duran. I think maybe I don't remember, but yeah, raspy voice is sexy. So there you go. <laughs> well, here I sing am. Us. Yeah, there you go. She's gonna sing so. for us later. <laughs> uh, okay, so what's going on with you? Um, how was your full moon ceremony on the seventh? It was great. It was a small circle, and I felt like everyone that needed to be there was there. Um. I really loved it. I loved, okay, because this one, this is the first one I've done that integrated any type of plant medicine. Um, so this one was with Rappé. And uh, so I, I administered that to everyone. And then I had everyone, they had the option to lay down for a guided meditation. And then I walked them through a cord cutting and an inner child connection meditation. And like, almost everybody like had an emotional reaction. Like it was very strong and it was very, but it was, and what I loved about it though, was that everyone was like open and willing to share about, Mm -hmm. about their experiences, which is, that's, that's what I'm here for. Like, that's what I love. Like I love creating that space. I love being able to hold space for people in that way and have them being open, open up and share. And the thing that happened, another thing that that's just beautiful and, and that always happens is you come to the realization when other people are sharing in circle is like, oh, yeah, like that happened to me, too. Or, yes, yeah. I felt that way as well. And that's just that reminder that as much as we are different from each other, we are still on the soul level very much the same. Very much. Fundamentally, we everybody everybody struggles and you realize when you do this work how many people struggle people that you would think don't struggle struggle and um and that's not like satisfying that makes you feel like i'm not alone exactly exactly yeah yes so it was beautiful and so i think i'm going to plan the next one to be a cacao ceremony yeah. Um, but first I'm taking a class tonight about decolonizing cacao because that's how I want to proceed with my ceremonies and that's with my circles is from that decolonized perspective of, um, yeah, we're not just here for like your drive through medicine. I'm here to hold space for you specifically to show you what the medicine can do for you and then help you 
integrate that lesson into into yourself and into your being so that you can actually take what the benefit of the medicine which is that it's that heart opening that self-awareness that deep soul understanding of yourself and of your pain and and the ability to overcome it and to be strong yeah that's the beauty of plant meds that's so let me ask you this because this is coming out of the akashic records a lot especially well just recently so with the um, impact of colonization and then indigenous practices being Uh you know sort of snagged and misappropriated, you know, by people that have no business making a profit off of them. All right. So Mm -hmm. everybody knows where Fiorelli's and I stand on that. That's a big no. However, I am located in Portland, Oregon, which is a vastly non-diverse area. Mm -hmm. And it's very, it happens typically with people that are like, I want to be a shaman and their Uh higher self or my higher self is like, eh, how about you try it finding some different alternative, right? But uh-huh. there have been a few white women where it's coming through yes. the Akashics. They need to become a shamanic practitioner. Uh-huh. And so when I'm telling them, I'm like, all right, listen, here's the deal. But you're yes. meant to do this. And so yes. then I have to tell them, you're going to get pushback. You may get pushback. I need you to stay focused on your path. So what do you uh-huh. think about women that are 100% legitimately called to be a shamanic practitioner or use indigenous practices, but also to make a living off of those? I think you should, I think the primary goal with them or the primary path that they should approach that through is by reconnecting to their own ancestry. Because there's a lot of Nordic paganism, which is, you know, that's white. And they have very beautiful earth-based traditions that are very, very close and just very similar to like Native American, Mesoamerican traditions. But, you know, it's it's a because it's because at the end of the day, truly, it's a universal thing. It's a universal understanding. It's a universal connection that we have for our souls to connect to the earth and earth medicines, plant medicines, all that. So that's what I would say. I would say is find the path that connects you through your ancestry. And then that way, that is a very grounded understanding of like, this is this is where I, I, I've come from. This is where my DNA comes from. And, and so this is what I can lean into. So when someone questions you like, you know, where, what are you doing? Where is this coming from? You can say like, this is, you know, this is the origin of my understanding. This is the origin of the lessons that I've learned because that's, that's where it becomes a problem is if you don't have that groundedness in your learning, then if you're just like going to all these different cultures and just kind of like, oh, well, I like the chakras. Let me grab some of that. I like yoga. Let me grab some of that. You know, and and then you just, and then you, and then you go and you just like relabel it you know and now you've you've done the thing that people call you know what that's called whitewashing because yeah. you've you erased the origin like the ori- the original label that it may have come from and you've quote unquote like rebranded it into right. something else right. and right. and it's lost its authenticity it's lost its meaning it's lost its origin and i think well, that we're also so not able to honor where it came from yeah, the, exactly. The, the cultures and the practices around where it came from, which is really beautiful because as you and I know, we love digging into the origins of things and the origins are often more beautiful than the actual you know, yeah. thing that yeah. we're 
you know, the topic or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's what I would say, because at the end of the day, like nobody owns the earth, you know, and earth and animals are there for everyone. So like even the idea of like spirit guides and, and animal guides, animal medicine, all that, like that's that's for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that shouldn't be that's yeah, that shouldn't be something yeah. that gets gate kept from mm-hmm. anyone. But yeah, I would say that I would say um, having a grounded understanding of the lessons of the medicine of where it comes from of and, and if you are incorporating things from other cultures, speak to that say like right. this comes from this right. comes own from it. here own yeah. it i learned this from here yep. and this is where that's come from because i had this is kind of a funny story um i went the other day to an art walk now my sister was selling her her um carpet carvings app um and there was this lady and she was selling these beads and they had the the african shells yeah I, you know what I'm talking about? And and then they had, there were these this beadwork and like it looked very like in a very indigenous thing. Like, I, but I couldn't tell like if it was one specific culture and the lady who assigned them was white. And so I just I like very kindly just asked her, I'm like, hey, can you just tell me a little bit more about like culturally, like where does this come from? Or like, where is this? Or what is it? What is it? Um, Essentially, it was an amalgamation of different cultures. It was part African, and then there was also um, it's for belly dancers. Was really what the answer was was like these are tassels that belly dancers typically wear. They can wear them like around themselves or like in their hair, but that's kind of where the tradition of these things came yeah. from. Um, so she was able to speak to like, oh, this comes from that, and this comes mm-hmm. from here. So this is it's basically a combined thing, but these are the origins. I like that. I like I like people to have the knowledge behind that, you know, yeah. because then it also makes it feel as if they're not just doing it for financial gain or something exactly. that will sell like, oh, these yeah. belly dancing skirts, which are really cool. They're not really yeah. skirts, but they're like metal gemstone, you know, beadwork that you can attach yes. around your belly and stuff. Yes. The ones that I'm talking about mm-hmm. um, are gorgeous, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. And, yeah. you know, you could wear them with a pair of shorts on a, you know, to a festival or something cool. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and that's a good reminder too, cause you talked, you touched about, you know, making a living and that's the other thing that I think is important to consider is if someone is doing this kind of work, the spiritual work and their, uh, any type of energy work, healing, all this stuff, it's work. Like the key is that it's work. And unfortunately we still live in a capitalistic society in which our work requires in exchange for money and that's just how it works right now exactly. you know and until the whole system doesn't change or if we, until we don't find other ways to like make it work for us like unfortunately that's it is what it is and so don't have a problem like i don't, don't have a problem with someone who charges for mm-hmm. their work it's literal work uh, that they're providing so i don't see why you would want someone to go unpaid like that just seems really unfair uh, that's, that's that's kind of an old ideology anyway that's hopefully is getting squashed every time some dumbass brings it up that you know if you were truly gifted you wouldn't charge you know like that sort of stuff that would be that'd be great that'd be great if we could do everything for free and still get you know be able to to trade or barter for all of the things that our soul desires because listen i gotta trade or barter for an airline ticket if anybody's down (laughs) right yeah delta what can i do for you can i design a piece (laughs) of jewelry because i need a fucking ticket Right, right. Um, yeah. yeah. It doesn't and unfortunately it doesn't work that it's way. And the other thing too. So people need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and when we get into like older traditions, like in like Mesoamerican traditions, right? 
Um, we talked about this when we talked about Maria Sabina. Um, and now people are like, well, she didn't charge. It's like, well, yeah, because it was it was implied that your community takes care of you. Right. And and once, cultures. Yeah. And once the foreigners started coming in, they did charge right. because they had to. Because why not? Yeah. You're foreigners. You don't have anything to offer me. You don't have chickens. Like, yeah. Give me money. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be honest. I would not care for the bartering for chickens and, unless that chicken was fully um, cooked. Uh, cooked. Like ready to go. Cooked, right? Because yes. don't be giving me a fucking chicken. You know, what, what am I going to do with the chicken? What, I, mean, I, you I know, don't want to kill it. I'm I don't want to do all it. that. I'm not, I'm not killing a chicken. Ga- I'm not gathering its eggs. Where am I going to put this chicken? So, uh, yeah, I'm not down with that. But, um, but right. well, speaking of chickens... Um, how was mm-hmm. your Easter? What'd you do? Did you do anything? Oh, um, I didn't, I didn't do anything. Did I don't either. I don't celebrate Easter. Easter, it's, it's not a thing. It's ham and, uh, you know, I do, I do like those Reese's Pieces Easter eggs though. Those are the oh Reese's my peanut butter Easter eggs. That shit is delicious. Cat, honestly, Cadbury eggs, Cadbury <sighs> eggs. Like, oh, that's, that's my inner child right there. Oh God. I, I'm, she I'm, loves those. I'm going <laughs> to let you have that without saying anything. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Mike, Mike thinks they're like the grossest thing they're because like fucking texture, fucking it's the thing on the oh. inside. I get it. I understand. But like for me, I, I, yes, I love, love it. Like, if you I love it, it, I love that you love it. I'm going to let you have that. <laughs> so I'll trade you. <laughs> we can yeah. trade. That's the, that's the beauty of like liking two different things. Now I can trade you for the thing that you like and you can give me well, I don't want eggs. your Cadbury eggs. What do you can trade? What you got? No, you give me your Cadbury eggs. I'll give you your Reese's eggs. Oh. Okay, See yes, it? that we'll do that. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll just do an even treatment swap. <laughs> um, so I forgot that it was Easter and I had to do readings at New Renaissance um, yesterday, which I have to tell you was I was I was worried because it was a last minute swap, a change yeah. like I was yeah. supposed to do it on one day. And then um, the scheduler is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't have that day available. I have this day. And I'm like, it's Easter Sunday. Uh-huh. And I'm like, people aren't gonna, you know what I mean? So I was like, whatever, I'm just gonna do it for um for the experience and I booked out solid that day same oh, day and um had people on a wait list That's um, awesome. yeah so I am it was very validating it was a really yeah. cool space to read in um and I had the best the coolest clients I had a couple come in for a couple reading and um so I compared their soul blueprints and now you know how I feel about twin flames yes. you know I don't romanticize those, but right. those two were legitimate twin flames and it was so cool how they came together. That's um, cool. Yeah. They cried and she grabbed Aww. him and kissed him and hugged him when I told her that they would continue to incarnate together and find each other in future lifetimes Aww. as long as their souls were, you know, incarnated at the same time. And they were just a really sweet, awesome couple and fun to read. And so that was really fun. Uh, that's so cool. Um, so I'm excited. Hopefully I get invited back to New Renaissance. It's kind of weird because there's three major places in Portland that I wanted to read at. And so mm-hmm. then I considered that to be like the trifecta of sort of having arrived as a reader in a brand new city. Yeah. And especially a city this big. And yeah. so I'm now booked at all three of those places. So mm-hmm. now it's I'm just going to try them out, see how they work, see where they take me. Maybe I'll, you know, not read at one or the other. Just you know, but, um, but it also gives me an opportunity to just read at each place just once a month, yeah. which is kind of cool. Cause, um, you know, it's kind of what I've been wanting to do just to free up some time. Mm-hmm. That's awesome though. That's beautiful. Yeah. That just means, you know, people are waiting for you, but also 
that not everyone cares about Easter. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's right. We were talking about Easter. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. I mean, no. it is what it is. Like, I, I get it. Especially, I think, especially if you have kids, like, and especially if you have little kids. Honestly, yeah. my kids were asking, they're like, where are baskets? Right. Like, that's what they are. They're the baskets. What? Where's the candy? I'm like, I don't want to deal with some stupid ass basket later on and then some fucking plastic eggs that I don't and know what to do with. And that grass that you'll find for I don't years. want any of that. And then she's like, well, my friend got new shoes. And I'm like, I will buy you new shoes. Is that what you want? Like, Was that Sophia? Oops, yes. I'll say Sophia. middle. That was Sophia. Okay, yes. yeah. Yeah, that was um, Have you seen this meme about it's it's when your kids are too old to for yes, Easter baskets. And they got those they got the laundry the baskets. laundry baskets. Dude, if I got one of those laundry baskets, I'd be like fucking score. So my friend Lisa buys all of her kids. She's got two boys. So it, well and then they each have wives or girlfriends' wives, whatever. She buys she puts together four of those baskets every Christmas and they love them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I would yeah. love it. I'd be like, what? Laundry. There's food and snacks and laundry oh, soap yeah. and towels and socks and dryer sheets and all sorts of cool shit. That's so funny. No, I think I will. I'll make them a quote unquote basket next year, I guess. I'll just get a box and then I'll just be like all the snacks and things that they like and I'll just I'll do that. But honestly, I just wasn't feeling well and I, I didn't want to do anything and I didn't want to go anywhere. So that was actually what so, happened. Okay, so listen, speaking of snacks, so um, Costco, last year I bought a um, $120 membership because they they recommended it because I bought a laptop, right? And it's supposed to cover oh. everything. And they're like, if you don't make it back, you can get their difference, blah, blah, blah. So this year yeah. I got a check for like 16 bucks, And so I took it into Costco and I'm like, yeah, I didn't make that 60 bucks mm -hmm. back. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I'd like to turn this in because I'd only been there one other time. So I'm like, I'm not yes. using it. It's stupid. Um, and so they refunded my $120 and then they also uh -huh. gave me a $60 credit on a card to use to shop plus the $16 check. Right. So Dang. I had, yeah, well, it, it actually, what, what it was about 60 bucks to shop. Right. So I'm like, what? Okay. So I took that card and I went and I was like, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? Cause I love those 12 or 24 packs of Izzy. Um, the juices. Oh, yes, yes. Uh -huh, uh huh. And so I snagged two of those, but, and I'm like, well, now, now how am I going to spend the rest of my money? And I look over and I see that they had an air fryer. It was like 40 oh. bucks. And I was like, snag, there we go. So I finally bought an air fryer that I got, quote unquote, for free. Um, and I made those TikTok, well, actually, these are Instagram sesame, vegetable sesame, uh, um, fried. So it's vegetables and you put them in the wonton wrappers, not wonton, uh -huh. but the, the, the egg roll Spring wrappers. Uh-huh. And then okay. you fold them and they were little squares and then you fry them and they're crunchy and then you dip them oh. in like in it, I ate like twelve. <laughs> I totally did over the course of two days. I made a big batch of the filling and then I um made yeah, I would You'll make have them to send in. me that recipe because that sounds good. Oh, it's it's good. It's really good. Do you have an air fryer? I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what you do. You have one, but you have a countertop. Yours looks like a toaster oven. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's um. It does all the things. I love it. It's yeah. the best. Yeah. Yes. Um. Let's see what else we got. We. I've. I've got. Uh, um. I'm headed to Bend this weekend. Um. For the oh. weekend. Of R and R, a weekend Bend. of R and R. Um. So Michigan people will um, 
get this. So Bend is commonly called the Traverse City of Oregon. So for those of you who are familiar with Traverse City, that's where I'm going, but I'm going in, it's in the middle of Oregon and it's in, I think they call it low mountain country or high, anyway, it's a mountain. It's it's a town in the mountains or whatever. So Uh it's like sunny, like 300 days a year there. It's like desert climate, but it's in the winter they have snow in the summer. It's nothing but blue skies. So um, yeah, I'm excited. So I'm going to go and explore that town and go through the Cascade Mountains and see what that has to, um, what's going on in Bend. Um, I'm excited to explore that part of Oregon because it's really beautiful. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Take lots of pictures. I am. I am. One thing I'm doing with the upcoming ceremonies and stuff as I'm planning them, because I don't want to overwhelm myself with too much to do or to plan ahead um, is I think I'm just going to limit it to one ceremony a month. Yeah. And then doing the meditation Mondays every other Monday. But with the ceremonies, I'm going to try to schedule them, I think, for Sundays because I think that's the day that works best for everyone. Yeah. Traffic, time-wise, all that stuff. Um, But I'm also going to make sure to incorporate a scholarship spot. Nice. Um. Because at first I was doing a sliding scale, which I think sliding scale is fine. But I think for this, because I I just wanted to make sure that it's accessible for the people that need to be there. So um, whenever I post a ceremony, I will also have that scholarship opportunity. So you can nominate yourself or you can nominate someone, you know, a friend or whoever um, to come if you feel like they would benefit from joining. So that's nice. So what's the low end of the sliding scale? depends on the ceremony honestly um if it's just a regular moon ceremony with no plant medicines it's usually 33 like 20 so 20 22 to 33 okay and and if it is plant medicines yeah if it is a a plant med then it'll be like 28 to 30 something okay that's still ridiculously affordable (laughs) yeah yeah you know and i and i get it you're you're trying to keep it accessible but um, yes that's still that's that's really low so i mean if somebody can't, somebody that can't afford like twenty-two or twenty-eight dollars, then I'm yeah. not saying I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that that's a wonderful opportunity for somebody that cannot come up off of you know right. twenty twenty dollars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there yeah. are people out there, man. There are, there are plenty of times back in my twenties and thirties where I was like, twenty bucks, no. <laughs> yeah, and we have a lot of college students in this area too. Yeah. So college students, they never have money. They they prioritize <laughs> it on view. <laughs> As as did I back in the day. Yeah. Oh my God! Speaking of beer, what? Listen, I'm not a huge drinker. I uh-huh. I think I've drank like once since my birthday in January. Uh-huh. Um, but one of the things that I've always been super sad about is that I can't get Michigan craft beer here. Michigan, I don't care. They have the best craft beer. Um. So anyway, so my friend Carrie, who's also, she went to school in Michigan. Um, she, her dog's name is Oberon and, or OB for short. And that's named after one of the best Michigan beers ever. Uh-huh. Anyway, so she sends me a picture yesterday and it's her holding a case or a six pack or whatever of Oberon. And I'm like, what the hell? How did you get that? Where did you get that? Somebody like mailed it to her or something. Right. Oh. And she's like, she's like, I got it at the Vancouver Fred Meyer. And I'm like, what? 
So, so today, so then I went on Bell's website and I found that they're all over Oregon. So now um, they're starting, Bell's is distributing here in Oregon. So after we tape today, um, I've got some errands to do and one of them is stopping it and getting myself a little six pack of Bell's and having a lovely um, Bell's um, Mm -hmm. drink. So I'm excited. And the reason it's such a big deal is because it's, they only release it once a year. It's released in the spring. It only lasts through a certain time. And, and it's just, it's just a regular plain old, you know, wheat beer. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a delicious wheat beer and it's a big deal and they have launch parties. It was just like a really fun, good time and it's a good beer. So Hmm. yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I know. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm taking a break um, from caffeine right now. Are you? I'm trying to see. Yeah, I'm trying to see if uh, it'll help my skin issues because I think that skin issues are generally a sign of something going on with your gut. And I've heard one of the big disruptors for your gut can be caffeine. So I'm giving it a shot. I'll let you know how it goes because so far it sucks. <laughs> well, how much? You're not a coffee drinker, though. Where did you, How did you get your caffeine? No, I do. I drink coffee like every morning. Oh, you yeah. do? Why did yes. I not? Do you just drink it black? No. No, I just usually just buy it is a problem. Oh, that's another. there. Okay, there you yes. go. Yes, I don't right. usually make it at home. I I'll, I will. I'll make an espresso like once or twice a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. But one of my joys in life is being able to like go to a nice coffee shop and like order my coffee yes. and sit down and do my work. So I'm just going right. to switch to like non-caffeinated tea and still still get my you know my ambiance but not so much the drink can you do non-caffeinated coffee sure sure but i usually get lattes Uh, and i get it you know as amped up as possible so yeah um I mean, yeah. and, and I, and I make coffee every morning here at home and I do my, it's usually the darkest of French roast, deep, dark French roast. Oh, yeah, and like then the of darks. course, yeah. um, I like, you know, a very specific creamer. Like if I go to Starbucks, I'll get really experimental or I go to a coffee shop. I'll be like, oh, I'll try this or I'll try that. But at home, it's mm-hmm. the same old <laughs> formula. It's the Capricorn it, network. Yeah. Yes. And there is no deviation from it. The only deviation is that Starbucks makes a um an instant coffee and normally instant coffee is garbage right but not not starbucks Uh i'm telling you what that shit is delicious so i have a a a supply of it here um for like if the power ever goes out and i can still have hot coffee um so but but other than that i like i like the same old coffee in the morning yes um the upcoming things that i have i have meditation mondays the next one is monday april 17th and then the next one after that will be May 1st. And so then every other Monday after that. So that will take place at Raincross District in the city of Riverside at 6.30 p.m. Um, those are donation-based. Uh, but also if you've come to a ceremony previously, you are welcome to come to those for free. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I got good feedback from it the last time that it was just nice to, you know, have a place set that time aside for yourself yeah. to come with the intention of just doing the meditation, relaxing and and that's and then I'm also gonna I'm gonna be doing some private events as well. So yeah. Um it'll be it'll be great. Nice. Up. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it all pans out. Yeah, me too. Okay. You ready to start talking about uh types of soulmates? Yeah, let's do it. 
All right, I'm ready. All right, so listen, I'm going to start this episode with a quote by Katie Byron. Do you want to meet the love of your life? Look in the mirror. So in episode 76, I talked about soul contracts um, that were made with some of the people in our lives. Mm -hmm. But this week, I want to continue the topic to talk about the different kinds of soulmates, um, friendships and connections that we have in our lives and what energy and experiences that they will bring us. um, And then ultimately what lessons we can learn from them. And you'll probably recognize Um, as I describe these people, you'll recognize these people in your own life too. Uh I want to clarify that anyone that you have a soul contract with is in fact a soulmate. Mm. Okay. Okay. So I know a lot of times people think of soulmates, you know, the the term soulmate has been romanticized, um, you know, to idealize the, the idea of true love. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yet a soulmate is simply someone um, in your life that you've agreed to partner with, to have a specific experience with. So, you know, it's kind of like sterilized by that description, but that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do me a favor. Um, turn your mic more towards you, like so that it's pointing at you. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Sound better? Yes. Oh, I can notice the difference there. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. And those experiences um, vary considerably. Okay. Do you think I need to um, re? No, no, no. No. Okay. No. Okay. Um, And the thing is, is that our soulmates, um, they have a way of forcing us to see ourselves a little bit more clearly, right? There are mirrors. Right, right. Um, They mirror our joys, our desires and our needs, you know, um, but also our triggers, probably um, the biggest, right? Our triggers and then any necessary healing. Uh, so when you look at soulmates from that perspective, they um, they connect us to our joy, but they also connect us to our wounds. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So first I want to talk about relationships because when you navigate a relationship consciously, they're the doorway to like your most authentic self. Okay. But also the key element of your growth as a human being. I'm talking like spiritual, personal, professional, mental, and emotional. Okay, uh-huh. because when we think of ex- when we think of relationships, like let's let's like pretend we're like twenty again and we have bad you know bad relationships with with you know bad boyfriends, uh-huh. you know, um, they're thought of as this thing um, that you know we experience. But how many people actually think of them as you know? If I navigate this relationship consciously, I can really grow from this. I just don't think that most people think of relationships like that, or I don't anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe in our, our generations. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. When you're using that con- to consciously navigate them. So at their best, relationships are going to support us in being the best versions of ourselves. Right. But we don't want to abandon ourselves or losing, lose ourselves. We don't want to mm-hmm. like, sacrifice our own needs, you know, or repress our own voices or whatever. And I think that that happens a lot with people. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. yeah. Especially if, because if you don't know who you are, yeah, going into a relationship, it's very easy to like basically lose track of who your authentic self is because you never came to know them in the first place. Right. And then you're always worried about, you know, being this version of a person in order so that the other person won't see the bad side of you oh, or sure. won't leave you sure. or won't, you know what I mean? Yes. So yes. 
I mean, at their most challenging, relationships can be a fucking shit show. Yeah. <laughs> they, they can really, truly highlight the worst in us. Yes. Our insecurities, fear, control issues, you know, depression, anxiety, narcissism, codependence, all those awful words. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's just something that um, I think that needs to be really consciously thought of when you're thinking about or you're considering the soulmates in your life. Yeah. Kind of, you know, that's, that's work. We don't like to do that, but, um, <laughs> you know, but our closest relationships are often the most work because they teach us the most about ourselves. They're there for our growth. They're for our growth. Right. Um, and, and, and ignoring them or not thinking about them, um, may have prevented us from having real meaningful connections with others. Yep. Um, you know, and here's the thing. I mean, I know that that's what I, that's one of the primary focuses of my shadow work over the years has been connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I would say that if you struggle um, with feeling disconnected from others, and I get a lot of people in, in the Akashic records or my readings that will say, I feel like I have a hard time connecting with others. Mm. Um, you know, that's, that's the ability to feel connected to who you are, to yourself. Yeah. your life, your body, your circumstances. Um, remember last week when I talked about people saying that they lose the weight uh-huh, instead uh-huh. of I lost weight? Um, yeah. That's that's a disconnection, right? Because they're disconnecting from something that they do not want to feel connected to. Yeah. Um, and then when you're disconnected from yourself, I mean, I know me personally, I feel a lack of self-trust, of self-esteem, a lack of self-confidence, a lack of self-love. I procrastinate. I avoid all of those Mm -hmm. things that nobody wants to do because they just um, bring, you know, shit showiness into your life. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the whole point of that um, was that if you struggle with feeling connected to others, um, I definitely encourage you to um, connect to a mental health practitioner and start the healing aspect of it. Because, um, you know, I can tell you from experience that it is really worth it. It's really beautiful and worth it. So, yeah, you're the right therapist will give you tools that you can use in your everyday life. And so even if you've already tried therapy before, and if you felt like it didn't work for you, or you felt like wasn't a good fit i would recommend maybe try it with a different practitioner because that's my personal experiences i went through several where i was like this is this is i this doesn't work for me until i finally found the right one where i was like okay i i voiced my concerns and she took that into account and it was very helpful yeah and you know i think that you know there are some barriers to therapy right like money if you don't have insurance that sort of thing but if you do and you have the ability to get therapy i recommend it because it was one of the best things i'd ever done because it gave me an opportunity to talk about all of these things from an unbiased and get the perspective um, and insight and clarity from somebody who's unbiased, who doesn't know yes. me, who's not taking the side of the other person or not trying to, you know, tell me that I'm wrong or whatever, right? It yeah. was just, I was able to just talk out this stuff in my head um, in ways that I wasn't able to with the people in my life because they were always telling me I was wrong or overreacting yeah. or, you know, my favorite, um, this is something my mom loved to do was tell me, um, I'm get, you're, you're, you're being hysterical. Uh-huh. Girl, between... If somebody tells me that I'm being hysterical or somebody tells me you must have misunderstood, I will snap. (laughs) 
<laughs> I will snap. It makes me so, I, I'm so triggered by that. So, um, and that's just because I was told like that as, I was told that as a child. So yeah, and that's, and that's, uh, it's just a strong trigger point because of that mother wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and come on. I mean, you know, just to wrap up talking about really, <laughs> listen, no relationship is easy. Not one. It doesn't matter if it's romantic, friendship, parents, siblings, coworkers, it, none of them are easy. Your dog. <laughs> Except, even, you know, even Hollis, it's like, God damn, what's he need now? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so, you know, and, and especially it's not easy. None of them are easy if you were raised in a toxic household, you know, by people who were emotionally distant, who had zero, you know, healthy communication skills, you know, all right. those things. So there's lots right. to take into, um, you know, into account, into account right? Especially mm-hmm. when you're speaking your truth and you're asking for your needs to be met, which is really difficult. So, yes. Yep. All right. So. If we are willing to look at our behaviors, you know, from like a different perspective or just our relationships from a different perspective, you know, and see where, oh, you know what? These can help break patterns. Uh, I do this over and over again with the same people or different people, Mm -hmm, you know, know, this can help break a pattern. So um, that's that just shows us where we can use them to have authentic and nurturing relationships that just grow stronger. You know, and I think that that's important. I also think it's important to me because it's something that I've been working on, you know, for the last like 10 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So soulmates. So people come into our life for a reason, but sometimes we don't know the reason until after they've left. Sometimes we're happy they're left. We're like, good riddance, right? (laughs) Right. Right. Other times we're sad. It's like, oh, yeah. Do you have any relationships or friendships that ended that you to this day regret? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, just like the one that I, that was just very special to me and was just, I just genuinely just enjoyed conversations with that person, just talking to that person. And then the way that like, I could just like meander through all these different fucking topics and we just talk about anything. And, um, yeah, to not have that is just, you know, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's very hard. I have two people, two people in my life, uh, both um, female. One person, um, I will say, was a um, one of the one of the topics that we'll get into. I'll mention them again, and then the other person, I just I I take full accountability. Um, she was very very dear to me, and I just fucked up. I mm. um, said something that I shouldn't have. Um, it was, it, I didn't say it intentionally, but it came out and it caused a yeah. shit storm for her. And she was like done. And, and I mean, you know, but I miss her so much. I really, really miss her and I loved her. And so I regret it, but, um, I hope, you know, I'll see her again in a future life where we can be best friends again. Yeah. All right. So we're going to look at the different types of friendships and soulmates that you may have and definitely, definitely need in your life. So the first one is what I call family. It's the uh-huh. lifelong friendship soulmate. These are your chosen families, family members. This friend is constant. Um, you have a natural rapport. You share a history. You make an effort to yes. maintain this friendship because it brings you so many gifts Um, you know, comfort, happiness, acceptance, all that stuff. Um, But this friendship is the one that's going to require you to step up with honesty and then a willingness to do the work, right? To work through those challenging times. Um, You're going to have to show up for them. You're going to have to hold space for them. Um, There's going to inevitably be occasional misunderstandings. Um, Like I said, no friendship is perfect. 
but you're able to offer and receive feedback, you know, from somebody that you trust. I mean, there are very mm-hmm. few people that I, I mean, you're, you're definitely one of them, but there are very few people where I'm like, this is how I'm acting. This is what I said. Tell me, am I being, am I wrong? <laughs> am I overreacting? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Cause most people will be like, you don't know. <laughs> don't tell don't me. Trust, don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't your life choice choices do not inspire me to ask you for advice on right mine it's funny um anyway so these are the friendships that we grow through having the courage and willingness to have those hard conversations and then there are also people that will come into your life that feel like lifelong friends. That's how I feel about you. Like we've known yeah. each other forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those friendships just sort of seamlessly flow into your life. And it feels, you know, like I said, you've known them forever. Yeah. Um, it's it's I think that that's like the instant soul recognition where you're like, oh, there you are. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, very easy, very little drama. We just easily accept others' differences. Uh, listen, y'all, she accepts my Capricornness, holds space <laughs> for it over and over. Um, so, yeah, that, the connection is effortless and smooth. So, the next one these are spiritual soulmates. Oh. And these soulmates share a spiritual connection. So, um, they're, they're your woo people, your, your quote unquote tribe. Um, uh-huh. you know, um, these people know your deepest thoughts and truths and shadows because you're all working on the same sort of awakening. You know, it's a contract that you've made with this person in the highest mm-hmm. and purest form of love. Kathy, um, Hargrove is my spiritual soulmate. Yes. Um, yeah. Like yeah. she is, is my spiritual soul sister. And the, the thing about these soulmates is that this person may not fit into your everyday life. And it's not that they don't fit. It's that they're not, you know, you don't, you don't see each other every day in, with the mundane and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, but they are a huge part of your soul group and sent your way, you know, sort of as a gift from the universe or you signed a soul contract to be together. Yeah. Why? Because they specifically understand the challenges of your particular soul journey and they hold space with you through it all. Uh-huh. It's a soul sister brother person at the deepest level. So yes, um, I think everybody should have one of those. Yeah. I feel like I have several of those. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. The casual friend acquaintance soulmate. Oh, of course, we make contracts with people to be a casual friend or acquaintance. Mm-hmm. Why? Okay. Because this is this is what I think is really interesting. By maintaining a network of acquaintances sort of like in our periphery, mm-hmm. we remain open to opportunities and having that sense of belonging to community. Okay. Okay. So it's a really cool way that spirit uses these connections. So if you're out in about, let's say you're doing an event at Raincross and you're talking to somebody that showed up and you're like, oh, hey, yay. And, and they're like, they say this thing and you're like, oh yes, right. Well, that's something to look forward to. And then you say this other thing. And then all of a sudden it starts the snowball where now you have this opportunity, or maybe it's a collab or it's another opportunity that sends you in a different direction. Right. It, it's just the way for the universe to bring opportunity into our life. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, and that's how I, um, cause I've done that a lot where I've helped, I help people like get jobs. I'll, I'll help connect them with, you know, someone who's got an opportunity for them or whatever. And work wise, that's one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I want to see everybody prosper. And so if I when I can if I can help you in any way, like that's awesome. So yes. uh, what's your human design again? Generator. Okay. All right. I don't know that as much as, as I know the manifesting generator. So so with this one, the casual friendship acquaintance, that's why it's important to take the time to connect even briefly with the people in your community. And if you have a five like Furley's and I do, we don't like small talk. We will run from it. We don't like it. It's boring. It's it's but but that's why it's important to to, to make small talk if you can about the things that light you up. And then it's really not considered small talk. And, you know, yeah. just mention. Yes. Um, OK, this is my friend, Lisa. The fun friend soulmate. Uh, oh, you can't yeah. stop laughing with her together. You know Lisa. You've met yes. Lisa. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, this is the friendship where laughter and joy are central. Laughter bonds us with others. Um, and also laughter is when we're laughing, we're in one of our highest vibrational frequencies when we're laughing. So yes. friends that we can laugh with are crucial to our well-being. We absolutely need them in our lives. I know that she is a lifelong friend because the minute that I met her, there was an instant connection and we have been through it. We, we've had more what we call divorces than the average person. And these were big divorces, right? We would, we would get mad at each other and have a fight and not speak to each other for like a year. But we always, always, always came back to each other. Hopefully there's no more divorces in our future <laughs> because we've both grown and, and we accept each other for who we are. But it's a good that's a good one you got to have a friend yeah i love those yes mm -hmm. the, yeah that's probably for me it's probably my friend brandy although yeah. we get into the spiritual stuff too but but it's just the fucking hoot like just, right. Uh, right yeah she's just she's just hilarious and we just have such like a really complimentary sense of humor and so it all works together yes yes it, lisa will send me um she'll send me texts and you know it's usually something absolutely ridiculous oh my god lisa's what's her thing what's her box of what her bo the box of queer her box of queer uh -huh. i loved and, it and this was before you know cell phones and electronic devices so anything she would come across that was just stupid like Something ridiculous, which, listen, I'm not advocating the name. That's the name of it, the box of queer. I know. <laughs> but, but if we use the queer in the way that it means strange, okay. Yes. And not, that's not what this is. Anyone. Just yeah. tidbits of just the strange, weirdest. quirky. Yes. Yeah. And yes. Yeah, so, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. Mm -hmm. She's a good one. Um, okay. So the next one we have is the mentor soulmate. Oh, yes. This soulmate tends to take you under their wing and shows you the ropes. It's a trusted friend or it can be an advisor, a teacher, a wise person. Yes. Um, you know, I think of Erica for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, they may start as a mentor too, but the relationship can evolve into a friendship with an opportunity to grow. Um, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the mentor soulmate, that's an important one to have. You know what I'm finding with some of these, though, is I feel like some of them, like, like they kind of mesh they with all each other a little bit, right? Like yes. there's like some overlaps. Yes, they all okay. do. Um, this was a list that was sort of put together based on like, uh, there was like five other lists. And I'm like, uh -huh. now they all say the same thing. Uh -huh. So it wasn't a matter of it was it, so I was trying to like group them into like personality, I think, um, okay. much less like categories because they're all soulmates and they all kind of do the same thing. OK, OK. 
the karmic soulmate. Now this is this is this is one that's a tiny little bit different. This soulmate is in our lives to help us balance any karmic debt that we brought forward from past lives. Um and these people are energetically drawn into our lives. Okay. Um yeah. and because karma is not a punitive thing, um they can come to us in the form of a gift or a challenge. Okay. Okay, if this this person's present is a gift, um bringing positive karma, um, then the universe has sent them our way in gratitude or in appreciation or as a reward for balancing or loving energy. And again, the universe sending somebody our way is experiential. So you get to experience the beautiful side of the karma that needs to be balanced, the fun side, the joyful side. So mm-hmm. alternately, um, well, and then of course, if they come in the form of challenging karma, it's simply again to balance it. Um, you know, when karma is painful, we learn where we're carrying our wounds and we can begin to heal and all that stuff. So, okay. All right. So, so that's, so those are, um, the karmic soulmate. Do you, do you, do you recognize anybody in yours, a karma soulmate? Yeah. I've several Probably of all them, of them. Which I don't want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about this. But yes, no, I do. Definitely a lot. Yeah. A lot. Uh, I think, I think any uh, romantic relationship that started started and has ended, like that's what most likely that was. Oh, girl, no, Mm-mm, no. We no? Th- what you're talking about is the next one. This is okay. my favorite one. Okay, all right. It's called the wrecking ball soulmate. Ah, uh, okay. Uh-huh. okay. The wrecking ball soulmate can also be likened to that soulmate who they call them the season or reason person, right? The person's in your life for a season or a reason. Yes. Okay. Yes. The wrecking ball soulmate offers unexpected gifts at a very specific time, right? Okay. So maybe they bring a lesson or they're for you during a particularly difficult time of your life, but basically they come into your life and then they fuck shit up. Yeah. They don't come in peacefully either. Or they definitely don't leave peacefully, right? There is a clear um, what happened before them, and then there's a clear after them distinction. You you break your life up into before and then after. Mm-hmm. So um, I have one. Um, I was talking about it earlier with you. Um, this person is the person that uh, wrecked me, um, but that also was the catalytic relationship that sent me into my spiritual awakening okay Okay. so i have a lot of gratitude for them yes but also like how they did it i mean you know it's a it was a relationship it was a heartbreak i mean you all know how a heartbreak feels it's no bueno it's awful And, and i've had one that wasn't as harsh but was definitely a wrecking ball soulmate but it was more of like a just asking the right question at the right time to mm-hmm. where I was like, you know, like my head was like blown. I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And it just started, you know, a series of events after that. And it was due to that. So it wasn't quite as intense and it wasn't romantic, but it was definitely that. A it was still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
I have another one. Um, and this one was a female and she was a friend that I made. Um, she's remember I said, I regretted two friendships. Well, she was the other one. Yes. Um, and this one, she just showed up in my life just out of the blue, um, you know, as a member of the spiritual community and we connected and we had an incredible bond, really, mm-hmm. really incredible. And actually her best friend, um, I had a really incredible bond with her too, because her best friend and I were sisters in a past life. And so when she, when I first saw her, I was sobbing and I'm like, why am I sobbing? And I realized that she was stolen from us, uh, my family as a little girl. And then that was the first time that I'd seen her again and knew she was okay. So it was, it was like this trifecta of these two people that all of a sudden, like I had my sisters back. It was very, very impactful. But um, through the, the nature of the wrecking ball. Um, one other person came in and stirred stuff up and this caused the, the two friendships, the friendship to fracture because I was really hurt and really, um, I felt thrown under the bus. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and then that relationship ended abruptly and, it, um, I regretted it so bad because of, of, you know, what it, what, what was now gone that I had found was gone, but it showed me a part of myself that needed to be healed. And so I spent like the next year and a half healing that emotion specifically. Yeah. Um, and now I'm really grateful for it, but I wish that I could get that person back. So yeah, back in my life. All right. So the wrecking ball, um, these relationships don't last. Okay. They teach us the lesson they came into our lives to teach and then they disappear. Yeah. It's a transient energy, which makes the interaction super, super powerful and it Mm -hmm. leaves an indelible mark on us. Um, But it it brings those lessons that we'll continue to come in another form, right? Until we heal them. And so that's, that's why they're so important. Um, and then here's the other thing about the wrecking ball that's really sort of profound is that that wrecking ball soulmate holds up a mirror and it forces us to see all of the things about ourselves that we typically avoid and don't want to acknowledge or feel. That's exactly what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience provided like, um, just a really powerful opportunity for growth. Um, the, the experience, the relationship was painful at the end, the ending of it was painful, but, um, it ultimately healed, um, some dysfunctional patterns. And so, like I said, I'm really, really grateful. Um, so those are the, that's the wrecking ball. So I I shouldn't say it's my favorite one, but it's the one I think, um, where you can look at in your life and you go, ah, yes. Right. I have one of those. I have two of those. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then the last one that I want to go over is the twin flame. And, um, you know, so listen, Greek mythology, Fioris and I love Greek mythology. <laughs> it tells the tale of humans that are created, that were created with four arms, four legs, and two faces. Okay. Uh-huh. And Zeus, don't even get me started on Zeus, <laughs> zero fucking self control and zero compassion. Oh, side note, there is a book out there. You can get it on Amazon and it's legitimately called Zeus is a Dick. And oh. the name of uh, the author is Susie Donkin. And um, I want to, um, I have that in my cart and I'm going to read it and I'm going to do a future episode on it. And she goes through um, all of like Greek mythology 
um, and says and, and points out like what what idiots they were for doing this thing. <laughs> it's, it's the concept is awesome. I love it. So yeah, I'll share that with you um, all in the future. But anyway, so myth, uh, mythological humans were created with forearms, four legs and two faces, right? So fearing their power, Zeus split them into two parts, condemning them to spend their lives searching for the other half. Mm-hmm. And that's the Greek mythology around a twin flame. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then now twin flame experts claim that the key to finding your twin is actually, you have to actually do the shadow work necessary to attract your mystical other. Um, so first you have to peel away all those layers that, you know, that sort of blocked you from finding each other. Um, and they also say that you can't recognize your twin flame if you can't recognize yourself or if you don't know yourself. Right. So it's all part of the process. Mm -hmm. So, that being said, um, that's the twin flame soulmate or, you know, the twin flame connection. But as we often say, the, a twin flame relationship, it doesn't mean just because you have a twin flame, it doesn't mean that it's going to be an effortless, easy relationship. Okay. And as you know, we all know, we've talked about that these are some of the most challenging and difficult connections and soul contracts out there. Yeah, I think it's just because if you haven't done your work, yep. right? Because it, if you yep. haven't done your work, this person's just going to be there and mirror yep. all the work you haven't done. Oh my God, and it's so. exhausting and awful. But if you've done the work, yeah, you are able to finally connect with this person at the deepest level. And you can then experience that love that's so pure and profound that everything you've been through will make complete sense. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it is going to be a very deep, profound love that is unshakable. Yeah. 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 And and to me, um, that is true love. That is true love. A a love that's deep and real and unshakable regardless of, you know, the cluster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there we go. Um, those are the soul connections. Um, this, the different types of soul contracts, the people that can come into your life. Um, there's more, I mean, I could go through this all day, right? It's really any type of person. Awesome. Um, but to wrap it all up, um, you know, it's just, um, it's, it, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm at this point in my life that I'm like, you know, feeling the need to just, you know, sort of write about it, but you know, valuing, honoring, and celebrating all of our relationships is important, you know, just because we don't, we, we've, it's not that we don't value everybody equally, but there are some friendships there where I'm like, eh. <laughs> I like you. I don't want anything bad to happen to you, but I, I don't have time for you right now. Or, or you're, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but they're all important and we need to look at all of our relationships and say, okay, what can I learn from this? You know, why is this person in my life? Um, you know, that sort of thing, um, you know, and then look yeah. at the opportunities and lessons and love that they bring. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was listening to this guy talking about what he learned through ayahuasca. And that's the ayahuasca part is actually not even necessary to the story, but essentially the point is about surrender and how to surrender. Um, because that's really an important part of when you go through these cer- the, the the plant medicine ceremonies and when things get rough like the the whole point of it is if you surrender then if you stop resisting then you will have a much easier experience so but i think that translates over to life as well if you 
stop resisting specifically to the lesson in this case, if you stop resisting to the lesson and instead of asking yourself, oh my God, why is this happening to me? Oh my God, why do I always meet the same, you know, insert, you know, type of person or whatever. And you, and you, and then instead surrender to the lesson and say, okay, what is this here to teach me? What am I here to learn from this person? What did that relationship, what did that connection teach me? teach me about myself, teach me about life, teach me about what I want, what I don't want. And that's that's what surrender looks like. It's just having that curiosity of asking like yes. why is this here? What what's what am I going to learn from this? And that's yeah. that's basically all you can do. Yeah. That's incredibly um incredibly well said you know surrender a lot of times people are like i have to give something up or i have to stop doing something and that's not what it is surrender is just saying okay this is what it is it's radical acceptance and saying this is what it is so i'm going to look at what it is and see Uh what i can take from that or how i can move forward or whatever yep i have this one friendship in my life and it is constantly on my goddamn nerves and but the person isn't a bad person. They're a good person. They're sweet. Mm-hmm. They're kind. Um, they're not duplicitous. They're not, you know, they don't do shit, but they're always triggering me. And I know yeah. that that's me and not them, but at some point it's exhausting. And I'm yes. like, I don't want to constantly be triggered. And it's yeah. also somebody who doesn't impact my life directly and I can avoid them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's like those kind conver- those, those relationships are harder for me because I know exactly what they are. Those are the oppor- the opportunities for me to speak my truth. Okay, okay. Uh, but sometimes, because they're so exhausting, and also I can be avoidant, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and also I'm an empath and I don't want to feel their hurt feelings. There's yes, all these yes, reasons, yes, right? Yes. I'm just like, I don't want to deal with it. So that fucking same situation keeps coming up. Oh. It's not going to go away until I address it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so their their relationships are not easy. They're so hard. Um, but I'm really, really, really glad that I have um, the people in my life that I do. Yeah. I have me, too. People. Uh, me too. We're blessed. Yes. Uh, okay, friends. Well, that means that it's time to say goodbye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it. Get the word out. Um, tell everybody, be like, hey, man, you guys, you got to listen to this podcast, Esoterics. It's uh, the bomb. Um, you can find us on all of the socials. Um, I think we're the most active on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. Uh, Instagram hmm? and Facebook, I would say. Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Yes. And uh, you can hang out with us in the pod in the Esoterics podcast community. Right now, the algorithms kind of suck, and there's not a lot of engagement. So I don't know what we're gonna do about that. So I know. <laughs> yeah, I got. Neither of us are like, oh yeah, we'll get on that. It is what it is. Right. It is what it is. Um. But anyway. So, but it's a safe place. It's a fun place to ask questions on all things spiritual. You you do get answers from people. But yes. Um, again, you. I would like it if you would get more answers. But that's not because people are engaged. It's because of the algorithms. Yeah. So. Um. Anyway, it's a good place. So. Thank you all for hanging out with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do. Not even your soulmate. <laughs> There's a contract for that. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.